are listening to Spitball with Adri Paul Hope Mellows and Marcus Innuendo Bingo Henson. Hello and welcome to episode 60 of Spitball. I'm your host, Adri Ballhawk Mallows, and joining me this week is a man who, you know, for once I think deserves, well not deserves no introduction, that's really harsh to say deserves no introduction. (laughs) (laughs) What I mean to say is needs no introduction, (laughs) and that is my young co-host, Marcus Innuendo Bingo Henson. How are you, buddy? (laughs) <laughs> no introduction i'm all right thank you very good well you always get the voiceover <laughs> that's true true i have i've got uh, some awesome sound effects now yeah exactly see so i suppose you know you should kind of uh not be too complacent you know make good, better, <laughs> things, <laughs> better things may come along but for now you know take what you're given and all that kind of good stuff but how have you been uh, i digress as always i'm really good i'm uh, constantly on my toes and that's all i can really say really just busy 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 no worries. And we have the pleasure of your company in the studio next week as well, don't we? As I understand, you're back in good old Aylesbury for what will be our Christmas episode and also week 16. Exactly. Yes, yes, I will be. So everyone can uh, look forward to that. It's uh, It'll be a full live edition. Indeed. So with that said, shall we get on with this week's action? Yeah. OK, let's crack on with the show. <laughs> Who are you? I don't even know your name. What's your name? Turn around. Let me see your name. Turn around. Let me see your name. Turn around. I don't know you, bro. You're having one of those days. Hey, baby. You're having one of those days. I say that to say this. If you wouldn't have did what you would have did, then we wouldn't have been where we was at to get what we got. That just don't make no sense, dog. Marcus, put your shoe on. Put it on. I can't face with these gloves. I think I chip my tooth. Wish I had some gold so you can bite me some teeth. As always, we start with our recap of the last week's action, so week 15 in the NFL, with some great matches all around, some big divisional games as well. And with that in mind, I think we should start off with that battle for the NFC East that just keeps going and going like a Duracell battery uh, with the <laughs> Dallas versus Philadelphia game. Marcus, what did you make of this second outing uh, between these two teams this year? Originally, I, I did anticipate it to be very much like Thanksgiving. Was it the first round of this competition as it were? Yes, it was. It was two weeks ago on Thanksgiving. And it was just domination by the Eagles. And I actually anticipated a lot of the same. Really? So you figured that uh, Dallas would just collapse on the road even though they hadn't lost a game yet all season on the road what I had anticipated is the fact is that I, I figured a quite strong Philly team had been playing quite well and of course such an, uh, a crucial game to really take up on the fact that you know they were vying for this pretty much number one spot and it was so weird this game because of course it just kept coming in like ebbs and flows because it went 21 unanswered points to Dallas then 24 unanswered points to Philadelphia. At one point, it's this, this seesaw effect that we had. It was it was bizarre. And then, of course, 
then Dallas scored another 14 unanswered and it was just like when's this going to end yeah it was a cracking game with big plays all around as you say Dallas getting the the early lead thanks to Des Bryant I mean we know about Megatron Calvin Johnson number 81 for the Detroit Lions but if he keeps going like this we may have to uh, work in some kind of Des Bryant superior catch award or something crazy like that because this guy is just on fire again this year no matter whenever he was in a clutch situation Romo could always find Des Bryant and it's from that it was really just I mean I was really impressed by Tony Romo I thought he had an amazing game but it really came to show me really how the game was won is that if you look at the time of possession that's what really really got me thinking like are you kidding me? And the fact is that Dallas almost doubled their time of possession. But Philadelphia generally don't take long on the field because their habit this year is just score quickly, get off the field. You know what? It's worked for them at times, you know. I know this whole Chip Kelly offense is the idea is you want to be running the plays under 20 seconds. You know, you should have the ball snapped and the play run next, next, next. It's conveyor belt. I still don't think Sanchez is is as comfortable at, on this sort of like this ricochet uh, of the effect. And, I, feel, I felt every time there was an incomplete pass for Philadelphia looked at it, it just killed off the momentum. But ultimately, there was a lot of mistakes by Philadelphia, a lot of fumbles that just shouldn't have occurred. Yeah, that's right. There was even a couple that uh, that weren't initially called fumbles on the field, but Garrett challenged and, and managed to get them overturned as well. That That is where it fell down for me. Not that I'm not saying that I don't like Chip Kelly's game management. I just felt when your opponent is clearly playing keep away I didn't know if the best idea was to then sort of try and play, almost play into his hands by sitting there going we're going to try and hit you hard and fast when Dallas clearly was sitting there going that's fine we're just going to grind this game out slowly just going to take our time DeMarco Murray had 31 carries the ball I mean they didn't care that he only made 81 yards you know the fact is he must keep that game clock just ticking over just kept it moving Romo methodic just keep him going as well. Just he had thirty-one pass attempts as well. So they just they kept the going, moving in their direction at their speed, how they want it to happen. I think eventually we saw them hit back. Third quarter, they really just came out. That second half, they they came in, bang, bang, score, score. It was just done. But I just felt that there should have been a few more times. Maybe just try and score, score. Right, guys, we're back up and running. Maybe when they got ahead, 24-21. Right, guys. We're back in the driving seat. Let's get this game under control. But it didn't. And one thing I just want to touch on with Philadelphia, actually, is this year, obviously, with the problems that that Foles had, or he was up and down, wasn't he, this year, despite such a a great end to the season last year, and with how unpredictable Sanchez can be. I mean, this week, through another couple of interceptions, not necessarily looking at his best. But do you think that, even with the mid-to-late-round draft pick that Philadelphia will have, given their record... Will Chip Kelly try and draft Mariota out of Oregon? Bearing in mind he obviously worked with him a couple of years ago. I wouldn't be surprised if they try and draft that sort of quarterback. Everyone's asking whether Winston as well is going to come out of, of Florida State, whether he's going to call himself eligible, which he, he perfectly is entitled to call himself. Of course, he didn't last year. He could call himself eligible this year. That sort of quarterback who's built on a sort of option, can use his feet, keep the clock moving if he doesn't see what he you know nothing he doesn't like downfield he can run keep the chains moving keep the clock moving keep it just keeping that momentum forward rather than throwing that incomplete pass which we saw on late on Sunday night and um and sort of killing the momentum drafting a quarterback who will keep the momentum 
taking over. Yeah, and it all seems a little bit too coincidental, to be honest, for me, with the fact that the quarterbacks he had at the beginning of last year, Michael Vick and uh, Nick Foles, and then Foles obviously coming in and uh, playing really well for the rest of the season. And then this year, when they did get rid of Vick, it seems strange that they wouldn't then go out and bring in someone a younger quarterback or a face of the franchise quarterback if they didn't all the time have their eyes on Mariota. That's my thinking. I'm afraid we're going to have to leave that up to time to tell us, really. Yeah, fair enough. And a nice little little segue there, Marcus, onto the end of that game, which Dallas won 38-27. And we will move on to another division battle, and that was in the NFC West between San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle in front of the 12th man, that really loud... Uh, almost supersonic crowd that they get there uh, with the level of noise in Seattle. What do we make of this game, Marcus, apart from Kaepernick? Uh, that's all I can say, really. <laughs> uh, I have to say the uh, the Niners' offense, uh, really. Um, I mean, sometimes you have to sit there and go, Kaepernick isn't the same, same quarterback we've seen over the last couple of years, but at the same time, the, the protection for him has never been so leaky. Shall True. we say he is the most sacked quarterback in the NFL at the moment, which seems amazing, really, doesn't it? Yeah, we don't think of the 49ers in such a context, but then at the same time, offensively, this game was just a bit. Ugh. I mean, you look at both quarterbacks getting sacked left, right, and centre. Collectively, there was eleven sacks in this game, and that's amazing when you think about the the caliber of both teams and how they're normally fighting for the NFC West title. Both are, are mobile, scrambling quarterbacks. Yeah, to be sacked that number of times between them is, is a credit to the defense. Or uh, you have to look twice at that offensive line. I also think that Frank Gore getting concussed early on didn't really help that 49ers offense. And of all things, getting concussed trying to block Bobby Wagner. <laughs> it looked so um, so sort of blasé, didn't it? It was just sort of like throwing the shoulder in. But you know, Wagner's just such a unit um, that just it almost just sort of like ricocheted like a bullet off a tank. That's an interesting analogy. <laughs> Oh that, guy, oh, that guy's knocked out. Wagner just sort of glances back. Oh, oh never mind. Carries on through the play. Um, <laughs> but what also what concerned me was as well, I don't know if you managed to see that um, uh, Carlos Hyde and, and how he was thrown almost back over himself. And that looked quite a nasty injury as well. Yeah, Hyde, I believe, uh, has been injured. They're not sure whether he's going to be able to, to play this weekend or not from what I was seeing, uh, mainly on the uh, fantasy news, to be honest, because uh, guess what? I've got a big game in fantasy this week, as it's me versus Wolfie for that fantasy title. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, list. sorry, listeners, a little diversion there. Yeah. But it, was, it was it was one of those injuries which I watched it and it did make me sort of jump out my seat and just go, oh, no, that looked painful. Luckily, he did get up from it and it wasn't like... Like a sort of Marcus Lattimore effect. But it was just, it was such a a dirty grinding out game, this sort of thing. It really was that battle of attrition. Hence why such, I think Marshall Lynch had an amazing game, nearly 100 yards and a touchdown. And he became so important because the movement of the ball was just so stagnant. 
Yeah, agreed. And coming back to the 49ers, if I can, what I want to ask you, Marcus, is do you think all of these Jim Harbaugh rumours about whether he's going to be coaching in college next year, coaching for another NFL team, it's been going since the start of the season. Um, So do you think that he's lost that locker room and as such that's why they're playing so badly? No, I think they've got a beat-up offensive line not protecting Kaepernick. Kaepernick is having a crisis in confidence. The fact is, the, pe- the, the people on the San Francisco defense, that scary San Francisco defense, which isn't scary at all, they're their number one sort of like tackle machine this year, is, is Chris Borland. And, and you're sitting there going... Yeah, he's a people- rookie who's played the last five games. Exactly. Why, why is he your top tackler? Why? Because people are getting through the first line of your defense. That's you remember that dominant defensive line with, like, say, the Smiths and stuff like that. Yeah, it's not dominant anymore. People are breaking it into the next level, into the linebacking and the safety court. You know, the problem is teams know how to move the ball on San Francisco, and they know how to keep Kaepernick quiet. Okay, yeah, that's that's fair enough. So with that. Uh, lost now the San Francisco 49ers lost uh, 17-7 to the, the Seahawks uh, puts the 49ers at a record of 7-7 seven and seven now forces them out of the playoff run crazy to think with this part of the season you would expect them to be up there but as I say 7-7 seven and seven, and we will leave that there Marcus where shall we go next do we want to stay with the division battles or do we want to move elsewhere I think we've got a couple more division battles we want to nosy at and I say we stay there for the time being no worries so um, do you want to why not I was going to say we've done two NFC yep zip carry on we've done two NFC sometimes we do NFC okay got out there didn't interrupt me Quick as you can. Why not an AFC division rivalry? That's what I want to hear now. Yeah, fair enough. So let's go with the AFC South and Houston versus Indianapolis. A win, of course, would seal the AFC South title for Indianapolis. So, again, Marcus, what, what did you see from this game? I mean, for me, JJ Watt, awesome again, managing to sack luck a couple of times. He just seems to be all over the field on defence. I mean, I don't know if you've even played the new Madden yet, Madden 15, but even when you see his character on Madden, it's like looking at the Hulk. Hulk! Smash! <laughs> it's crazy. Speaking of actually, JJ Watch, slight little tangent away, I'm afraid about this. Have you seen what he put on Twitter the other day? Uh, yes, the kid who also plays defensive end that wears 99 that, that signed his own jersey and sent it to JJ Watt, that one. Yeah, the one who was just like, one day I'm going to be a star like you, so I figured you'd probably want my jersey, so here, here's a signed, signed jersey. That's I it. thought, awesome! Yeah, because what did he say? Just basically the kid's got a lot of nerve, I like it, something like that, wasn't it? This kid's got guts, I like that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and I'm sure, to be honest, even though I think there's a bit of a petition going on at the moment for JJ Watt to return the favour, I'm pretty sure he was going to do that anyway when he gets something like that in the post. Oh yeah, of course you do, of course you do. We digress. As always, <laughs> let's stay with Houston and... <laughs> Talk about the their situation. Uh, for me, though, the key to the. Hey, whoa, hey, whoa, hey, whoa, whoa, crossover sound. Woo, nee, 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 nee. We need a timeout, coach. Cut timeout. <laughs> the key to the game, even though JJ Watt is just a beast, 
really came down to the Fitzpatrick injury. Yeah, that's what I was just going to come on to myself, actually, just saying that uh, the situation at quarterback for the Texans has got a lot more interesting now uh, with, uh, obviously, we know Mallet was out with an injury, Fitzpatrick unfortunately breaking his leg, so they're now down to Savage, their third string quarterback. Yeah. And I have to feel because it was it was a great defensive performance by the actual Houston defense because they had luck wrapped up for, for most of the game. And I'd have to say keeping the Indianapolis offense, which is quite um, a nice high powered offense, down to just the sort of 17 points. I feel that maybe if, say... Fitzpatrick hasn't gone out injured I say they could win this game I don't doubt you actually with the way Fitzpatrick's been slinging the ball around recently and and finding the likes of Hopkins then definitely because he seems to have developed quite a a good rapport with DeAndre Hopkins the last few weeks Hopkins especially the fact that we we knew knew Johnson was going to be yeah sort of game day's decision because of the the old hit he took last week I, I was quite actually thinking that Houston could if they won this, make a bit of a playoff push. But I just don't think now that they have, no offence to, to Savage, but maybe with Mallet, I could have maybe just seen a, yeah, okay. Um, but I just, I just don't see them now. Unfortunately, I see that the season now probably ticking away from them and it, it going down to maybe a, uh, an eight and eight or a seven and nine now and, and missing out on the playoffs yeah to be honest i don't see them getting to the playoffs anyway not with how competitive the afc north is between three teams uh, not to mention the other teams on the peripheral like the bills uh dolphins um and san diego Chargers, kansas city um i think i think houston season in that respect although not mathematically over um is actually over because of course the colts won this game uh, 17 10 one thing i did want to mention about this actually is uh did you see the the touchdown catch by moncrief that was disallowed where Luck's thrown it deep to the end zone, and and I apologise, I can't remember for love nor money who he was throwing it towards, but the defender, uh, about five yards away, has batted it down, and then Moncrief has made an absolutely amazing diving catch, but it ends up getting called back for the penalty. Yeah, that's right, it's it's the long bomb to Hilton, and of course, absolutely amazing defence, really, and, and you, I guess that's why they do tell you to bat the ball if you can get it down, but it's great defense. But you have to say Moncrief, because I think he's a rookie as well. Um, his ability to sort of read, adjust, and then make a play. I must. It must have been heart wrenching the fact that you know he actually goes out, he makes that play, and he puts his body on the line to make that diving catch, only to see then suddenly the, the little yellow hanky bringing it on back. Yeah, indeed. Penalties are absolute killers, aren't they, really, when it comes to things like that? And you just think, poor guy, because, again, he's another one. The last few weeks where, he, to me, he's been really stepping up and, and raising his game. And, and come playoff time, it wouldn't surprise me if you see him having the bigger games as opposed to uh, T.Y. Hilton or Reggie Wayne, because he'll probably go under the radar uh, and be one of those uh, key players. I think... With Hilton having such a year he's having, it's, it's going to be people sort of stepping up to try and sort of, you know, when the double coverage is on one of your players, we often see this, you know. Uh, if Megatron has a quiet game over the last, you know, early in the season we saw, 
and Golden Tate just exploded out of nowhere. Yeah, indeed. And to Golden Tate's credit, even when Megatron uh, was completely off the field injured, Golden Tate still had some really, really big games, like the game at Wembley, for example. He's had about 120-something yards, I think. Well, it's definitely over 100 yards and a touchdown and, and was a key part to that nail-biter of a win there against the Falcons. Yeah, I think between them, they're doing uh, really well. Moncrief, keep an eye on this kid. He's definitely uh, going to be one to watch over the next few weeks. So uh, let's move quickly on now because just keeping an eye on time as always. And we move to Carolina uh, where Tampa Bay took on the Carolina Panthers. Marcus, what did you make of this one, buddy? You know, we were talking about earlier how everyone wants to win the uh, AFC North and no one wants to win the NFC South. That's right. Um, it's just, it's slowly, the group is slowly becoming, because you know how a couple of weeks ago, even the Buccaneers at like two and eight could have won the division. It's stupid. That really was stupid. ridiculous, yeah. It's now just starting to pull apart a little bit and we're clearly seeing our two definitive challengers, the Panthers and the Saints. And I'm sure I think we'll get on to the Saints later. The big question here was Cam's, Cam's uh, motor accident. Yeah. yeah, his motor accident. So that ruled him out. So it's Anderson coming in. You always wonder when you've got a new guy coming in, how is it going to work? Well, it worked okay, to be fair. I don't know that it it worked as, as smoothly as you would want it to. But I think he was a good stand-in for Cam Newton. But... He's just not the same type of player, is he? He doesn't have the same arm. He doesn't have the same mobility. He's definitely a stopgap, and you wouldn't want him to have to play too many games. From what I hear, that the injury wasn't too bad, so probably Cam will probably look to play next week. This game, really, it was it sort of summed up the NFC South. It was all about miscues, this game. We're talking six sacks in the game. We're talking eight penalties. We're talking eight fumbles. That's absurd. I mean, you know how we keep saying like no one wants to win the division well it's like neither team wanted to win this game yeah eight fumbles did you say yes four aside wow josh mccown bless him uh, had three fumbles and lost two of them himself personally he just honestly nasty attack of fumbleitis for him yeah fumbleia strikes again it was nice to see a few positive things like i loved doug martin's 63 yard run because he really hasn't had much to do this year i mean he is a great running back he was amazing in Boise. And I feel he had a couple of years of promise and he sort of had a couple of niggles and blown out his knees and stuff like that. And he's, he's recovering from injuries. But for me, who honestly wants to win this? Well, I'll tell you one person who I think did want to win it, and that is Mike Evans, the rookie wide receiver for Tampa Bay. I mean, we talk a lot about this kid on the show, but purely because he is just an amazing athlete. And his touchdown catch this week was just an amazing display of uh, awareness and the way he managed to get both feet inbounds tapping his uh, his right foot down after making a catch incredibly close to the sideline I mean I don't even know whether did it make one of your plays this week Marcus or not yes it made one of my four mind-blowing plays oh excellent well you say four but really he means five <laughs> <laughs> no it's one of my four just give me give me credit where's credit due. In fact, actually, while we are talking about mind-blowing plays, we have to speak about Kelvin Benjamin and his complete flip-over catch. Yeah, it's not the sort of place you want to be having to catch a ball like that in the middle of the field. And when they say it's an absolute train wreck, the way you get hit when you catch the ball <laughs> in the middle of the field, when all you have to do is concentrate on the catch. Uh, I think you're right. This sums it up beautifully. And you see Benjamin, after he gets up, he's a little bit shaken up. So is this is that another one of your plays that's another one of the four mind-blowing plays you mean five <laughs> yeah 
what's he like? But uh, so, yeah. Ixnail, yes. you check the show notes. There's always five. Shh. <laughs> I know there's always five, but you know it's the, the the level the bar to blow my mind is getting better every week. So you know they got to come up with better ones. You see. Wow. Okay. Well, that's mm, a bold yeah. statement. So. Bold. Uh, <laughs> One thing I will just finish off on this game for you, as I'm liking to start a lot of rumour mill things in preparation for the off-season, Tampa Bay, 100% are a team that need a good quarterback. RG3? Question mark? Um, no, I think RG3 wouldn't suit their the sort of Lovey Smith and that sort of system. One NFC South team that could fit them would be Matt Ryan's had a lot of trouble in Atlanta. Just saying. Oh, wow. Hashtag just saying, huh? Just saying. (laughs) Just as we want to fly the rumour mill, why not? Absolutely. Well, again, thinking of quarterbacks who are struggling, that brings us nicely onto our final game. And that is the New Orleans Saints versus the Chicago Bears. I think we need to try and sum this game up in a few sentences. Jay Cutler sucked. New Orleans actually played good defense for a change. Uh, Robinson had uh, an amazing interception, which I'm going to ask if that was one of your plays as well. No, actually, it wasn't. Oh, what's that? It's number five in your mind-blowing plays this week. Oh, that's uncanny. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, yes, I know. Uh, yeah, but what did you think of the game, Marcus? Quick sum up, you say for me: dominance by New Orleans. And white flag by uh, Chicago Bears. Fair enough. And again on the rumour mill, in my show notes, I have to ask it purely because I've put it in there. Tressman, who now has a record of 13 wins and 17 losses in his two seasons in Chicago. For me, that's not good enough for the Bears. The Bears! Bears. Tressman out. Uh, Tressman giving one more season. Uh, Jay Cutler out. And RG3 in. I'm not sure if IG3 in, I'd probably look again, they would want a pocket passer, so look to see either draft or massive free agent waiver wire. But I, I'd say Tressman gets another season, Cutler is the one who's given his pink slip. Okay, fair enough. Well, there you go. That's a rumour mill. I'm happy to, to roll with that, and uh, we'll see how that plays out in the off-season. And, and with that bombshell, we move on with the show. <laughs> You are listening to Spitball. So, Marcus, what's been grinding your gears this week? If all our predictions and rumours haven't got people sort of wound up enough, this one is going to split people. This is a Marmite gear grind, but here we go. You know what really grinds my gears? Thursday night football i'm sorry it's now week 15 we've just gone through I and mean, i just can't get into thursday night football I'm, I'm gonna be fair this week there is a four and against so four there's been some amazing games 56 14 in week three atlanta tampa bay in fact if you want to say there's been amazing games in general not including the thanksgiving games which are always on a thursday and we grant they are part of the nfl culture they're fine they can stay however the other thursday night football games 661 points scored. That's an average of 47 points per game. They have been high scoring. They've been exciting. They've been everything you you technically on a blueprint want. However, against, it's just not working for me. The whole midweek atmosphere, it doesn't work for me, especially maybe it's just because I'm a Brit fan and we don't quite get the same emphasis over here. I feel that it just doesn't quite work with my NFL week. I'd rather have it part of my big NFL weekend. The loss of that game, it just 
I'm sorry, it's just just not working for me. I can't quite get into them. We're always trying to find our ways to adapt. I know it's petty as well, but our fan, as fantasy owners, we're always getting caught out with the idea that we've got to be ready for Thursday nights. I, I wonder if any of you guys out there have also been caught out, suddenly realised it's Friday, I've got to adjust my team. Oh, wait, I left someone in there for Thursday night. I didn't want, and they've got me no points. Petty, a petty claim, I know, but for me... I know they're probably not going to go go away and I've just got to learn to live with it because, you know, NFL does what it wants and they don't listen to little old me here as much as I love them to. But Thursday night football, I'm afraid it's it's Marmite, mate. Me and you, I, I'm just going to leave you in the cupboard and you're just not going to get used. Sorry. And that is what's been grinding my gears. Well, we may have something extra that might grind your gears on that front as well. But how about... This Saturday night, that's right, Saturday night, two editions of Thursday Night Football. Do they not understand the calendar? You can't have Thursday Night Football on a Saturday. What? It doesn't know, even make any sense. Call it Saturday Night Football. <laughs> Why call it saying, oh, two special editions of Thursday Night Football for you on Saturday night? No. <laughs> No, it's Saturday night football. It always has been. It always will be. Thursdays are Thursdays. <laughs> Saturdays are Saturdays. Get your days of the week right and move on. I love the fact that you're actually siding with me for one of my ridiculous gear grinds. But yeah, it's completely wrong. For me, Saturday football is college football. No other football is allowed to be played on a Saturday. But yeah. Um, and even I, if you I, did, like you said, can't call it Thursday night football. Of course, of course you can't call it Thursday night football. You leave that gear grind for the Thursday night football. That winds me up every week. But, <laughs> I think there's, there's, uh, it's going to be one of those ones where some people are going to be like, I love Thursday night football, the game, the atmosphere, we should have more of it, blah, 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 blah. And honestly, there are going to be people who are going to be like, yeah, yes, yes, he's speaking the truth. Gospel, we love it. Um, so that's why I said it is a Marmite discussion. Do you love it? Do you hate it? Hate it. Um, let us know. Hey, guys, if you want to get a hold of Audrey or Marcus, send them an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com. And now we move on with the show. Oh, y'all want the play? Okay, here we go. We've got gun, Hulk left slot. Dixie left, key left. Mercedes, wide chip, Ricky. Zebra left, 75, Katie. Omaha, quick going. Now we come to my favorite part of the show, and that is our weekly awards, our offensive impact player, otherwise known as the awards, and our defensive impact player, otherwise known as our Mr. Award. So... Marcus, again this week we're going to get a little bit of a coin toss going and I ask you, heads or tails, sir? Tails. It is tails. So, Marcus, indeed, with that, you, my friend, get the few options. Would you like to go first or second or would you like to pick whether we start with offense or defense? I will pick what we start with and defer to second place. Okay, fair enough. So I will elect to defend right and uh, (laughs) (laughs) let's crack on with the game. So where are we going to start, Marcus? We're going to start in Megatronsville. Ooh, Megatronsville. I've never been there before. No one has, but I'm guessing it's a good place. (laughs) (laughs) 
All the receivers are 12 foot tall. They make obscene catches when they're marked by five defenders. Something along those lines. And nobody pitches a shutout. Yes. Indeed. So, the runner-up then this week for my award I have gone with Jeremy Hill running back for the Cincinnati Bengals because even though Giovanni Bernard is fit you are seeing Hill still get most of the carries with how he did when he stood in for him and this week again carrying on with 148 yards and two touchdowns in the blowout win over Cleveland yeah I completely agree and um, awkward Um, he's my runner up too are you joking no I'm not joking (laughs) oh Oh, this is awkward. <laughs> no, you just made my job very easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so basically you're not going to expand on that, I guess. No, I, I, mean, no, I mean, what can you say? He is sort of stepping in, and the fact is that, you know, Dalton didn't have a great game, so the fact that Hill could come in and just alleviate the pressure and allow the game to be run, what else can you ask? I think he had, he had over 100 yards by the end of the first half or something stupid like that. Yeah, fair enough. Well, let us then move on to the award winner and for me this week i have gone with number 88 michael irvin's son as he calls him des bryant receiver for the dallas cowboys three touchdowns 114 yards and every time you see this guy make a catch it's just poetry in motion oh yeah i mean the fact is he caught all three of Romo's touchdowns as well. That means Romo knows when he wants someone to score, that's the guy he's going to. Absolutely. And and this season, Des Bryant has just been uh, absolutely amazing. I mean, some of the catches made, I mean, some of the touchdowns, I think there was a a touchdown at Wembley, if memory serves, where he caught the ball about 20 yards out, broke a couple of tackles, and then just took himself into the end zone. A real big-time player. The more I think about it, I'm going to try and add him to my Bills team on Madden. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying... Uh, Also, although it may seem like we're being sponsored by Madden Football by EA Sports this week, um, if you haven't played Madden 15 yet, it is by far the most amazing version of Madden yet and the most realistic with the fact that you just can't keep throwing deep bombs all the time because you will just get picked off. If your receiver doesn't have the pace on a defender and you try and throw it long is getting picked off and and on the flip side if you pick the right plays against the right coverage with all of your your drag routes and your uh your crossing routes against the the zone coverage uh you have a receiver free most of the time so uh, for me just absolutely amazing and helps that sammy watkins is an absolute beast but we move on from uh madden (laughs) to marcus's winner well my winner sponsored by ea sports um is (laughs) des bryant (laughs) No, no. My winner this week is actually Drew Brees, quarterback for New Orleans Saints. Ah, okay. Good to see we went in a different direction for a change. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 375 yards, three touchdowns, 29 completions from 36 attempts. The man has passed 4,000 yards for the ninth consecutive season, a record. Um, What can you say about him? Even when he, you know, the season's going a little bit afray and stuff like that, you can always count on these veteran players to just come in and just sit there and go, we need to win this week. I'm going to make it happen. And of course, that isn't his only record. He does still hold the record for the most consecutive games with a touchdown pass. Exactly. After the Bills managed to shut out Peyton Manning the other week. 
Anyway, <laughs> nice little plug for the Bills there. So uh, we move on. So congratulations to Des Bryant and also Drew Brees for winning our weekly <laughs> award. And now we move on to Mr. Award territory. And we start with our runners-up. And I guess I'm going first again, am I? Yeah, I got to pick the uh, categories. Right, okay. Levante David, uh, linebacker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is my runner-up this week for this award uh, with his 12 tackles, one forced fumble, one sack. He also seems to be Mr. Consistent with his performances week in and week out, despite the fact that Tampa have got a really bad record. There are some people like Levante David on that defence that deserve to have a better team around them. That's a Lovey Smith defence right there. It's attacking, it's aggressive. You know, it's always trying to find that um, impact play that could just flip a game on its head. Yeah, agreed. So who was your runner-up this week, Marcus? Uh, My runner-up this week was... Jason Pierre-Paul, defensive end for New York Giants. Uh, nice. I was looking at him, actually, for, for my awards, but then ch- chose against him uh, at the last minute. Yeah, I mean, seven tackles, of which two and a half sacks and a forced fumble. I mean, it, it was a definitive smorgasbord of defensive prowess for, for the Giants against a pretty, um, I'd have to say, inferior Washington front line. But, you know, Pierre Paul, he's been around a couple of years and he's just starting to adapt into it. And I'm sure Giants would love to have him doing this more often, week in, week out, creating this sort of impact, disrupting the complete passing game. And I know this is a bit off topic, but as we're talking about Redskins there, the RG3 diving touchdown, I want to get your take on this because I know what I think, having heard the wording on the ruling, but his diving touchdown or disallowed touchdown shall we say uh, where he starts to lose the ball but has control of it as the ball breaks the plane of the goal line would you have said touchdown or no touchdown this drove me crazy it really uh, for me it's touchdown yes he loses control of the ball at the one yard line he regains possession at the half yard line and then goes in and does not lose possession as he goes to ground touchdown well you say he doesn't lose possession as he goes to ground but he actually does so if you think about it like a reception because obviously rg3 is in the air if someone made that as a diving catch and they kind of had it and then had to re-grab it and then they went to ground and the ball pops out like it does for this touchdown, it would be an incomplete pass, wouldn't it? The uh, actual ruling is... I mean, the ruling they said was it was actually a fumble lost into forward the end zone. and then touchback, yeah. <sighs> because I mean, the ball me, ends up out of bounds after RG3 fumbles it. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, I, I did, I'll tell you what I didn't like. I didn't like the attack on the refs after. No, there's no place for that. I think it was Santana Moss and um, Pierre Garçon. Just no, no, you don't attack the refs. Um, with that, though, let us then move on to our Mr. Award winner. Now, I kind of want to defer because mine's going to get me in trouble. But I want to defer because mine's going to get me in trouble. Oh. Yeah. Did we maybe pick the same thing again? Did we pick the same entire team defence, which is going to get a... <laughs> from the uh, producer does that team play in a state on the east coast yes is it the state of ohio possibly no oh never mind then we pick two <laughs> separate separate defenses that are going to get us in trouble well firstly this is really awkward so let's just get these and fire these and see if we can get them under the radar even though we've made a bit of a big deal of it uh, my winner for the mr 
award is the entire Buffalo Bills defense, Marcus? Uh, uh, my, my winner is um, the Cincinnati Bengals defense. Okay, and with that, I think we move on with the show. It does not compute. <laughs> oh, we could not have messed that up anymore. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, we got into trouble for that one, as you can tell. <laughs> we got we got into trouble, and we didn't even get it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, double whammy. <laughs> it's, <laughs> anyway, it's all oh. part of the fun of the show, isn't it? So, uh, <laughs> with that, we move on. Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. To finish off the rather <laughs> active show <laughs> we have uh, this week, uh, we're going to finish off with a quick look at the playoffs as we're, again, as always, running short of time because we do just like to spit ball. That's, that's what we do. We get together. We chat and then we go, oh, <laughs> is that the time? We should actually try and put some content in this. <laughs> Marcus, the playoff picture. Uh, we have three teams in the AFC now confirmed uh, as division winners in Denver, Indianapolis and the New England Patriots. What order do you think they will finish in as far as the top three positions or rankings in the AFC? I think out of those three, I think you put the Colts as three. Yeah, okay. Um, it, is, it is just fighting about, is it Denver or Patriots one and two? That's in my opinion. Yeah, so both getting the, the first week by in the in the playoffs. Yeah, and it's just literally heads or tails, who wants first and second. Yeah, fair enough. So uh, with Indy third, what about the other three? Because this is where it starts to get really interesting as far as the AFC is concerned. Um, when you look at the other teams in the running, you have... Uh, Cincinnati, because they're not sure of uh, winning that division. So Cincinnati, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, all from the AFC North. Cleveland have, uh, well, they're probably still mathematically possibly going to get in the playoffs, but realistically, for me, I think that they're done and dusted. Then, as I say, you've got the Buffalo Bills, you've got Miami Dolphins. Uh, Where do we think it's going to go? Well, I think really, it, it sounds harsh, but I think you have to look at... The seven and seven teams: Houston, Cleveland. You're having quarterback troubles. This is not the time to have quarterback troubles. You're out. Miami. You start the season hot. You've let yourself go cold. You're out. Now you're really looking at the eight and six and above teams. Yeah. So the eight and six and above teams would be Baltimore, Pittsburgh, uh, Cincinnati, and Buffalo, uh, San Diego, and I want to say Kansas. Yes. Yes. So really, it's just for me, I mean, it sounds bad, but I, I, I fear that you guys could still get through. But for me, I think it's going to be a fight between the North and the West, if I'm perfectly honest. And it's going to be it's going to be who's going to develop that situation between Kansas City 
um, San Diego, can they squeeze in and push maybe one of the others out? Now, the reason why I think this is possible is because you look at next week, we've got Kansas City at Pittsburgh. So I think that is one game that can really decide who is going to get onto that. And then in the last week, San Diego at Kansas City. So effectively, I think if Kansas City win both those games, they knock Pittsburgh off what currently they're on spot five. They knock Pittsburgh out of spot five and they go in at 10 and six themselves. But bearing in mind last week, you said that you thought San Diego were going to get there and not Kansas. Are you saying now that you think Kansas will do it? Or were you just saying that if Kansas win out, they can finish there? Yeah, I mean, Kansas have to win out. I mean, it's... For me, at San Diego, I think they've just got an easier run. I think San Diego, technically, they could do it themselves. Because, again, you have to look at it and say they've got to play Kansas City on the last, last week of the season. So, therefore, all is to play for. Now, almost, it's, it sounds bad, but San Diego almost want Kansas City to beat Pittsburgh for them. So, Pittsburgh kind of get pushed out that shuffle. San Diego have got San Francisco this week, you know. I think we all know how that's going to go. And then Kansas City, if they could beat Kansas City, they go through the 10 and 6 and push Kansas City out at 9 and 7. So it's it's really interesting right now. But it's kind of like all of them are, are trying to fight each other because, of course, the problem as well with Pittsburgh. Sorry, Pittsburgh. I don't think you're going to make it because you've got Kansas City this week, but then you've got Cincinnati the week after. Cincinnati are going to have to beat you down to secure the division. So I feel that they're going to come down and they're going to, they're going to put place on that. So Cincinnati, I know we were saying like last week that Cincinnati weren't going to get through. I just feel with the domination of Cleveland, because I thought Cleveland would mess that up for us a little bit. I think that now we could actually have Cincinnati, San Diego or Kansas and Baltimore. I still like Baltimore to go through because I think Baltimore have got a slightly better run into it, if you ask me. They have. They've also uh, got the, the better record at the moment in in nine and five as well. So, are you saying then that with the games that that Pittsburgh and uh, and Cincy have got left, or sorry, you said Cincinnati will get there, didn't you? But the games that Pittsburgh have got left, that they won't get into the playoffs because don't they have to play? Uh, is it Cleveland they play, or is it Cincinnati they play on the last week of the no, season? No, last week of the season is against Cincinnati. Baltimore have got the easier matchup against Cleveland. See, Baltimore are going to take on Houston with a, a savage under quarterback win. That's 10 and 5. They then play Cleveland in a, a, a sort of sense of disarray and they seem to be sort of spiralling out control. 11 and 5, they go through. Cincinnati go through as 11, 4 and 1 and then sneaking in at 6th place, Kansas or San Diego at 10 and 6. Uh, hang on. Um, but for so, so you're saying Cincinnati beat Pittsburgh on the last day of the season? Yep. Oh, OK. That's pretty I, know, I, know, I know it's weird. Last week it was... Pittsburgh this week I think I wasn't convinced by the Pittsburgh win at Atlanta they should have destroyed Atlanta okay so you think they're going to struggle at Kansas and then struggle uh with Cincinnati on the last game of the season okay that's fair enough what we're going to do is uh throw that out to you if you want to give us your thoughts on the AFC or even the NFC uh, playoff picture for that matter remember hey guys if you want to get a hold of Audrey or Marcus send them an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com and thinking of the NFC that is where we finish off with now Marcus this one is tricky because again we've always got that sort of that barrier between the fact is that New Orleans are going to always have a worse record than the fifth and the sixth seed or or 
I know it could possibly happen. Carolina, whoever's coming out the, at the, the NFC South is going to have a worse record than the five and six seed. Uh, yes, and it looks like they're going to have nothing better than a 500 record. Yeah, and, and we were saying last week that we both thought it was going to be New Orleans. And I, I just I think that's it, it's almost like theirs to lose now because they've got taken Atlanta uh, this week and then Tampa Bay on the last game of the season. So for me... They should finish eight and eight. Okay, what about though um, Philadelphia? Because Philadelphia obviously are a game behind Green Bay and Seattle. But can you see Philadelphia uh, winning out and one of those two, uh, Seattle or Green Bay, slipping up? Big one for me is going to be that last game of the season where you've got Detroit at Green Bay. Because Philadelphia taking on Washington this week, which is just last guaranteed win, isn't it really? Or it should be. Yeah. So that's taking you to 10 and 5. The last game of the season, you've got Philadelphia at New York. They've got two easy games to run in. Detroit at Green Bay to finish up the season for Green Bay, you're asking yourself, they have to win out to stop, because they've got Tampa Bay this week, so that should, again, I, I don't mean to be ragging on you Buccaneers fans, but I just don't think you're going to keep up with Green Bay. Therefore, that puts them at 11-4, and, and I think Philadelphia are chomping at their heels. I don't think they're going to allow themselves to come back into this, because Seattle have got the advantage that, they win tie break over Green Bay on the head-to-head win percentage. Yes. So they've almost got a little bit more in the bag to protect themselves. So I think if anyone's going to swap places, I like actually how it's developed right now. Something could always go wrong. This is the NFL. Stuff goes wrong all the time. Detroit taking in Chicago this week and then playing Green Bay to effectively take the division. I can see that, actually. That's yours. If you want, you can finish 12-4 and if you want it. It's theirs again for you to lose. Dallas, I'd like you to also sort of take your division because I'm liking what you're doing at the moment. You seem to have caught fire at the right time. Um, you've got Indianapolis this week, which I know it seems a little bit of a, oh, oh, taking on Indianapolis, but they've secured the division. Luck is cold while Romo's hot at the moment. And then you're finishing up on your season at Washington. So I, I like, I mean, at worst, you're sort of looking at 11-5, it's going to get messy at their end, but I think they still come on top of the East. Green Bay, Philadelphia, that's the one I can't decide on. Green Bay, I thought they had it. I honestly thought, I figured Green Bay had this. They, if they'd beaten you this week, then it would have just been like, that's it. It would be in Detroit and Philadelphia. Which one do I like? Now Detroit have got that over. Um, and of course, they have the tie break over Green Bay already. Yes, they you do. Know? Yes. Detroit, you've got... Again, like Seattle, you've got a cushion. Green Bay, you've let yourself get in this position. You've got no one else to blame. You now have to win out, and that's all you can do. All you can do is win out. Philadelphia, that's all you can do. These two, there's no one else behind them. San Francisco, 7-7. Seven and seven. No, forget it. Right? These guys, you all you have to do is win out, and one of these two will go through. I say whoever wins the last two games, if Green Bay win their both two, Green Bay, you're through. Philadelphia win your two. Philly will see you in the final. Yeah, and it's crazy, Simple isn't it? When when you think as well, the fact that, um, I may have mentioned this before, I'm not sure, but in that NFC, so with the exception of the NFC South, the playoff teams are going to have at least 10 wins this year. Oh, God, yes, yeah. It's been, I know everyone sort of like looked at it in the same sort of spec that, oh, you know, the South, it's not fair and stuff like that. At the same time, it's, it's that, that sort of, that turnaround saying that, you know, you're winning your division still. I'd have to say that actually you look at this year and there's been a lot more strong play from the teams that the fact is that in both conferences, the playoff teams are pretty much set to be 10 plus win teams, all of them potentially. 
every single team minus New Orleans to be a 10 plus win team. Yeah, absolutely. And they always say that you deserve to get in the playoffs if you win your division because ultimately when you're setting up your team, uh, you do set up your team to beat the teams in your division because ultimately uh, you play them twice a year. But I think looking at the time, I'm pretty sure that should probably be enough from us for now. So that's our thoughts at the moment on the playoffs. Um, If you haven't had a chance to check it out yet, then uh, please do go and see our Lowdown blog, which is on our website. If you're on our webpage at the moment, just simply click on the Lowdown tab or alternatively go to www.bullhawksnest.com forward slash the hyphen low hyphen down uh, to check out the week 15 blog if you want to let us know your thoughts on the nfl season so far get in touch with the show remember hey guys if you want to get a hold of audrey or marcus send them an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com marcus as always my friend it's been an absolute pleasure sir it's been fun as always indeed so until next time football fans stay safe take care and thanks for stopping by